0: This is ARRL's Eclectic Tech, a bi-weekly look at the technical and scientific side of amateur radio with your host Steve Ford, WB8IMY. Eclectic Tech is brought to you by ICOM. ICOM, for the love of ham radio, is about the passion for an incredible hobby. Visit ICOM in the community webpage at www.icomamerica.com forward slash community.
1: I'm on the telephone with Norm Fusaro, W3IZ. Good afternoon, Norm.
2: Hey, Steve. How you doing today?
1: Good, good. Now, up until, well, a year ago this month, you were the ARRL operations director at headquarters in Newington, Connecticut, right?
2: That's true.
1: And you retired. And I did. <laughs> you did, and you, <laughs> you moved to uh, northeastern Pennsylvania.
2: Right, right. We moved back to
1: our home state, and uh, and we're enjoying it quite a bit. Now, the reason I bring this up was when you were living in Connecticut, which you lived here for a number of years, you had, at least by my standards, a pretty impressive array of antennas at your house. I recall that you had a a tower, and uh, how tall was that tower? So,
2: you're right, Steve. I was in Connecticut for 17 years I worked. Of the league.
1: And yeah. um,
2: and uh, so I had a 56 foot freestanding Trilon tower with a um, Bencher Skyhawk on there for uh, 10, 15, and 20, and then also a, a Bencher Skylark for 17 and 12. And then I had a, um, I had, in the back, I had a, a four square for 40 meters, uh, and I had a four square array. Uh, I'm sure listeners may know what they are uh, it's basically four vertical antennas that when you change the phasing of them you can steer the the um, the signal in different directions and then i also had a um a, uh, a well, did a variety of 80 meter verticals but I ended up with a um, a modified butternut hf2v i took out the 40 meter coil and just and added more aluminum to it to make it taller for 80 and uh, and it had a, a significant amount of radials underneath of it so uh, it worked pretty well
1: yeah it was impressive and then all of that had to come down when you moved out to Pennsylvania and you had to reestablish yourself uh, and as you put it you more or less downsized and that's what i wanted to talk about because there are a lot of hams who, uh, say, are retiring, they are moving, and they're having to change their antenna situation, or they're altogether new hams who are just looking at perhaps not having all that much property for sizable HF antennas. And I thought your example would be a good one, uh, because you've still, despite your downsizing, are doing impressive work from your new home.
2: Well, yes, Steve, it, you know, it's funny. We, we kind of go round circle. If you remember back to your novice days, you probably same way started out with some sort of a wire antenna, whether it was a dipole or an fed or something, um, you know, and we were young and and didn't have money then. And, you know, so, so, you know, I remember my very first antenna, I lived in Philadelphia. I was fortunate to live on a corner lot and I had a, um, a 40 meter dipole that was basically hung off the the chimney and went to the corners of the property. And, and that was what got me on the air. So, um, and then, you know, got a beam and moved and, you know, got bigger and bigger and bigger. And, um, and, you know, Susan, like you said, up in Connecticut, there was a pretty formidable station um, that I had set up, but then, you know, retirement uh called and uh you know i mean i was really itching to get back to uh, pa And so as as my wife and i were looking there was a couple of things we wanted in our retirement uh, which is a we wanted to be in a lake community um where there was uh you know fishing that's another hobby of mine and uh and beach and that kind of stuff and and of course the community that, that goes with that and um we looked at uh, several Looked at the bylaws so that you see who would allow any kind of an antenna. And where we live is actually a very desirable community, and they do allow um, ham radio antennas in the form of a monopole not taller than 32 feet. That's, and it has Uh to be in the back of the house. So that's what they allowed. And and my butternut uh, setup, fits that
1: fits that bill really
2: good um
1: well now describe how that is set up right now and and what band you use it for
2: okay so um if if you're not familiar with the butternut antenna i've i've had these prior in my life and and they work very very well um so uh, they were they were originally made by the the Bencher company um who made the the Skylocker and the Skyhawk that I had before? But now DX Engineering owns the company, and they they still turn out a quality product. So the one I have is the HF 6V, which operates uh, six bands. Uh, so it's 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, and 80. Um, they make a 9V, which will do, uh, which will include 12 and 17. But uh, I I didn't opt for that option um, because they're a little finicky to tune and not as effective. So anyway, I set the thing up. It's ground mounted. It's it's meant to be ground mounted. Um, I use the DX Engineering radial plate, uh, which is pre-drilled with holes to accept the quarter-inch uh, stainless steel bolts. And connected to the radial plate is uh, forty radials that are uh thirty-five feet long each. Um and as a rule of thumb when you're putting up vertical antennas, um they don't when they're ground the, the radials on the ground do not have to be a wavelength or or a quarter of a wavelength or anything because they're touching the ground. That's right. So um the rule of thumb is the radials need to be taller than the radiator. So since this radiator is 26 feet tall, I made them 35 feet, and that's
1: how I did it. And I've seen photos of that. Uh, you are fortunate to be able to uh, set out those radials on the, on or in the soil in a nice circular pattern around the monopole itself.
2: Yeah, yeah. In fact, the photograph uh, is on my QRZ listing, uh, QRZ.com. If you just look up my call sign, you can see a picture of the of the the um, antenna and the radials. So also. Even though we're permitted to have the um the, the 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 monopole, um I spray painted it flat black with Rust Oleum flat black spray paint, um because a shiny aluminum uh, in the in the woods just you know a glint of sunlight would just attract anybody's curiosity. And, sure. and I didn't want that. I didn't want that. You know, um, even though it's permitted, I just don't
1: need to attract attention. I want to be very low profile. Absolutely. And from what I've seen of it, if you were some distance from the house, it would be difficult to distinguish it from a tree or a branch of a tree.
2: I have friends. I have friends who know where it is and when they drive down the street, they look for it and they can't find it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, how much feed line do you have going into your house then? And what kind of feed line?
2: Okay, Sue. So, all right, um, distance from the house to, to the antenna is probably about um, 50 feet, okay? Approximately 50 feet. Um, and my feed lines uh, go to a, um, a junction box that has a a copper bulkhead in there, and it has polyphaser lightning arrestors. So there's a ground rod right under that that connects that bulkhead, and also the the ground from the station comes down to there. Um, My station's on the second floor in a spare bedroom. And then from that junction box, that bulkhead, the feed lines go up, into the through the soffit into the attic and then back down into there, so it's approximately, um, about a hundred, maybe a hundred and twenty feet of coax run total from the antenna
1: to the radio. Okay, and what kind of feed line? Uh,
2: RG 213.
1: 213, okay, yeah. So you're not seeing much loss there, uh, and of course, with the antenna properly tuned for each band, your SWRs are, are reasonably low.
2: Oh, yeah, the, it, again, if you read the instructions for the antenna and follow them in the order that, and tune it in the order that they tell you, it's a very easy antenna to tune. And and once it's tuned, um, it, it's pretty much set. Um, you have to remember, it's a high-Q antenna, so on 80 meters, it has very, very, very narrow bandwidth. And here's an interesting fact, Steve. I would normally have tuned that for the CW portion of 80 meters, the lower, lower end, which is usually the the DX window. And um, I had to make a decision. And I actually tuned that for the FT8 portion because
1: that's where there's most of the activity today. That is true. Yeah. And you, speaking of activity, and we're going to get subjective here, obviously, but this is a stealth antenna installation really how does it perform
2: excellent excellent and and you know there are people who really um, uh, downgrade uh, downplay uh, vertical antennas and mostly because their experience has been they weren't installed properly. properly they didn't have good radial systems they didn't have good ground system um and and they were just um just unhappy with them, but this this antenna system performs very very well. Um, I have no problem uh, working um Oceana. I can work ZL and uh, and uh, and you know VK, no problem. I can work uh, uh you know JAS. Uh, I can work anywhere in Asia. I can work anywhere. You know, um, in Europe, no problem at all. It's, it's you know, again, I, I'm I'm going to boast, but, but if you put a good operator at a decent station, they're going to perform. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the truth. The thing does. Now, I have to tell you, I may have to wait a couple of times uh, my turn in a pile up as opposed to when I had the
1: big monster tower. <laughs> but I get through. Well, you make a good point. I mean, you have stepped down you know as we said at the beginning, from this very capable, impressive station, now that your current station isn't capable or impressive for that matter. do you notice a difference? I'm sure you do how how great is the difference that's that's what I really mean, well,
2: you know obviously it's 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 um there's a difference i mean you know i mean i you know I, I used to be able to just for fun i would just even point the antenna to the west and get on 20 meters when i was in connecticut and i would you know just call cq and i, I would have every 100 watt in a wire station calling me and qrp guys and guys in parks and whatever would be calling me and i could hear everybody now Obviously, I don't have front-to-back or forward gain with a vertical. You know, it's it's an omnidirectional antenna. But uh, I I have no problem. Um, you know, making contacts. In fact, you know, just a little while ago, before you know, chatting with you, I was on forty CW, and uh, you know, was no problem making a couple of contacts. Of course, they were all stateside local stuff, but um, you know, it's it's fairly. yeah, I mean it's not, it, it certainly is not a beam. That's that's sure, what I'm trying sure. to say.
1: Yeah. You know. Well just recently I saw that you had been experimenting with the N Fed antenna that that's uh, offered by ARRL. And uh in fact I saw some photos that you would set that up. How did that work out?
2: Um, okay, so it's um uh, Look, it it's able to tune on all the bands, you know, not a problem. It's it's it's, it's a 40 meter end fed half wave antenna. It has a 49 to 1 transformer that you build and you run the wire out. Now, again, logistically, I had a tree uh close to the house which I used the bungee cord to to hang that transformer box to and I had another tree approximately 70 feet away (laughs) (laughs) it took the 66 foot of line and it's not very high or anything but that direction runs due east so um i made some cw contacts and some phone contacts with it stateside and you got fair reports you know um, I think on the CW contact, the fellow was operating from a park on Parks on the Air, and I had to send my call several times for him to get it. But when I when I made a European contact, since that antenna is pointed in that direction, it, it made a contact no problem. Sure, but. But I would take, I would definitely take the a um, uh, resonant dipole or um,
1: or this vertical that I have set up uh, over over the end fed half wave. Well, somebody who's in a really constrained situation, they're super limited by what they can put up. Uh, would you say that the end fed is a decent alternative?
2: Well, you're still going to need. Um, space to run the wire because if you're using a 40 meter end fed it's 66 feet of wire you have to be able to to get out now let, let me tell you there's a there's a fellow in the contest club that i belong to the frankfurt radio club um who um is living in an apartment now and he runs an end fed with 30 feet of magnet wire to a to a tree on the sidewalk and you know he still makes a couple hundred contacts for the con- in a contest a CW contest so you know any antenna is better than no antenna yep anything will work yeah and, and uh, you know in addition to the to the uh, butternut vertical i also have a, a 4080 uh 20 meter dipole up i took one of the alpha delta uh alpha delta dxdd which is the 4080 antenna so it so it has these uh, coils in it, which shortens it. So it's an eighty-two foot antenna instead of one hundred and thirty feet. Yes. And uh, and I added uh, two legs on it for twenty meters. You know, so it gives that gives me an option from the vertical to the dipole for for twenty meters because twenty meters is your meat and potatoes DX band. Yes. And so it gives me an option there. And then for twelve and seventeen, I made a dipole. Um, out of twin lead so uh the one piece of the twin lead is cut for 17 meters and then the other piece of twin lead is cut for 12 and it's fed with one coax and incidentally i i did complete my 12 meter dxcc uh here oh congratulations uh, In PA, yeah, all those years of having a 12 meter beam, and of course the sunspots weren't cooperating. Very, very little (laughs) 12 meter activity, but uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, you know, when it was done um, with the dipole.
1: Again, you've established a good example for someone who is downsizing, or someone once again who is brand new and is saying, what am I going to do? I can't afford a tower. I don't have room for a tower, because that's what they always see in magazines like QSD, that basically you can do a lot of good work and have fun with just smaller, stealthier antennas.
2: Well, you know, one of our colleagues uh, once said, uh, "Don't let your living conditions affect you, uh, stop you from getting on the air," and uh, and, and it's so true. I, whether you live in an apartment uh, or um, you know you have uh, some HOA restrictions. Um, you know, I mean, HOAs can still be, you know, negotiated with, um, unless they're really hard fast or you live uh, next door to a real, uh, uh, you know, Mrs. Kravitz who just has her nose (laughs) all the time, but, um, yeah, you can be very, very stealth and, um, you can get on the air. And one of the things you have to accept, too, is sometimes you may not be able to get on all bands. So you may have to pick a band and say, hey, listen, I can get on 20 meters or I can put something up for, you know, for, for 15 and 40. Because remember, a 40 meter antenna will still work on 15, you know. That's right. Yeah. So, so you know, you, you just might have to accept. Like, I know I'm not going to get on 160 here.
1: Yeah, you know, it's just not going to happen. Sure. <laughs> Excellent advice, Norm. I will follow your advice because one of these days I hope to down... I'm already downsized. I hope to downsize even further. Well, you
2: know, I uh, I told one of our colleagues uh, who had a, a big station. In fact, if you remember, um, you know, Dave Sum Sumner uh, had a, a big station. Dave Patton had a big station. They probably had the biggest stations of all the police headquarters. And I, I I had I was right behind him. I was number three, you know, and uh, you know, and um, you know, we we were discussing what would you be happy with if you went down and and you know, oh, you know, blah blah. And I said, well, I tell you what i would do i said i would find a friend with a big station and i would become real friendly with them (laughs) (laughs) so that's my that's my next step when i am you know
1: (laughs) well thank you very much norm steve it's a pleasure
2: talking to you again you too
0: tune in again for the next episode of eclectic tech produced by ARRL, the national association for amateur radio music is provided by purple planet at purpleplanet.com If you have comments, email eclectic at arrl.org. This episode is copyright ARRL and all rights are reserved. I'm Sabrina Jackson, KC1JMW. See you next time.